Welcome to the Mindfield Podcast. We are a performance psychology company who work alongside schools to improve student performance and well-being. Our aim is to discuss current psychological research in relation to education, reinforcing good practice and sharing techniques from the wider world of performance psychology. We hope you enjoy episode 3, Mindfulness. Hello and welcome back to the Mindfield podcast. I'm going to take a big breath in and out because today we are talking about mindfulness. I've of course got Ollie with me. Um, we may as well get straight into it. Um, what is this mindfulness meditation all about? What is mindfulness? To me, mindfulness is all about grounding yourself in the present moment, increasing your awareness of what you're doing, where your feet are right here, right now, and also maybe taking some of the judgment away from what you are doing. Judgment towards yourself or judgment towards the things around you? I think it can be both. I think we add a lot of value statements to what we do and we place a lot of, yeah, judgment is the word, on things we're doing. We may be ruminating about things in the past or thinking about things in the future whereas actually you can only be one place and that's where your feet are be in that present moment and mindfulness just helps to bring you back to that acting as an anchor so to speak okay so let me ask you do you practice what you preach i do i do with this one uh i'm on i think about a 65 day streak on calm so we'll mention a couple of different apps you can use for it uh so my personal practice is every morning I wake up and just for 10 15 minutes just focus on my breath um so and it's it's guided is it or or that's just your sort of time to I I started with it being guided so another app is Headspace uh, a really popular one so I went through a few of their different programs but now I just put on 10 minute timer have a little bit of kind of calming music on and just go through a series of different breathing patterns, all just to kind of get me set up for the day, really. And how are you at it? Is it something that you're you're getting better at or you're good at or you find it easy to sort of uh, let your mind be sort of free of the, the worries and the thoughts of the day ahead? I always think that's quite an interesting idea with it. I don't really know if you can be good or bad at mindfulness. I think it's just something... You do, so you might have 101 thoughts going on at one time, but recognising that and then just bringing yourself back to your breath, you might only manage a second, then you find another thought and just that continually happening, it's more that recognition and then just bringing it back and that training of, for me, I'm doing it to build focus and to build that attention. So maybe that's a good thing that's happening. So I'm not sure if I've got better or worse at it. It's formed a habit for me and I found it has helped. So in that sense, uh, I've got better, but I still have a lot of crazy thoughts going on and I can't still my mind, um, which is never really the aim. Yeah, that's the point, isn't it, with mindfulness? Uh, It's not about, uh, you're not fighting with your thoughts. You're kind of accepting them and letting them be rather than letting them turn into uh, judgments or, or negative or unhelpful thoughts. That's it. And that, again, comes back to that judgment statement. And I love... So, you know, I do a lot of one-to-one work and we're very competitive people in sport and they always, particularly early on, and I think a lot of people find this, they come to me and they're like, 
oh, am I rubbish at this? And thinking that, and they're adding that value statement to something which is just not meant to have it. And I just remind them, no, no, it's just all about training this process and going through. And there'll be some days where you have 101 things going on, but there might be another one where you're able to focus on your breath really well and you can train that attention, but both are as useful as each other. So you mentioned breath there. Is that the form of mindfulness that you prefer? Because I know there are there are different types, aren't there? Yeah, it's the form I go with. Uh, there, Like you say, there are a lot of different types. So perhaps if you're struggling to sleep, there can be progressive muscle relaxation, which is all about tensing different muscles in the body and then releasing uh, all the energy from them. Then there's kind of loving kindness meditations. There are lots of different forms. For me personally, as I mentioned, the main aims are increased focus and attention and then also maybe a little bit of stress reduction. And so that's why I do uh, the single point meditation. And for me, that's on my breath. Personally, I have had a, an on-off relationship with, with mindfulness. And when you when you talk about your some of your one-to-one sessions where they come to you and they're like, oh, I'm rubbish at this or am I rubbish at this? Um, oh, that's definitely crossed my mind because it's not easy, is it? It's not an easy thing to to be able to do to sit there and and let yourself be and just observe uh, yourself for for that short amount of time. I think particularly in this day and age, it's not. We so rarely do just sit and do nothing, and yeah, it feels really weird. And that's why you do have to train it every like or try as best as possible to train it every day. Just do it regularly just to normalize it and just allow yourself that time rather than thinking I'm wasting my time here just to see how it goes. And it might not happen in the first three or four sessions, but over time it will develop. It's interesting you mention it as integrating it into a, into a routine, getting it as a habit into your sort of day-to-day life. It's a tool that people are often introduced to uh, when they're not feeling so great. So therefore, I think sometimes the thinking is, I'll use it when I need it. And personally, that is how I've experienced it at times. And I'm trying much more these days to integrate it into my everyday life. But there also is a massive benefit, I feel, if I'm feeling particularly uh, stressed or I have something coming up that's on my mind. I use it in times when my mind maybe needs that rest. Yeah, and it has a lot of value there. I you know, comparing it to that idea of maybe going to the gym or something. I think I like the idea of front-loading the skill, I call it. So training it so that when you need it in that situation, whether it be a stressful moment or a pressure moment, you can then call upon the skill that you've already trained rather than using it there and then. But it still has definite benefits to use it as and when you need to. Is mindfulness just something that is you on your own, um, sat maybe in a quiet place, reflecting or just being? Or is it something that we can use sort of as we go through the day? I think it is both. So, and here sometimes a bit of confusion comes, but when you're sitting quietly, focusing on your breathing, that's meditation. And, you know, mindfulness is a form of meditation. But then... Mindfulness is something you can then carry with you throughout the day. So we might all be able to think of activities we do where we feel very mindful, which is, like I say, you're grounded in exactly what you're doing. 
For some people, it might be running. For other people, it might be going swimming. It might be playing music. So you can be mindful during that activity, and that's really important. But the act- And that's kind of an informal uh, version of it. And then the more formal side is that sitting quietly. You don't have to have your legs crossed and kind of and be quietly humming to yourself. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's... Well, it did, it did originate from, from Buddhist teachings, didn't it? It did, yeah. It's been thousands of years old, and then us Westerners have wonderfully shortened it into <laughs> five minutes. Okay, so there must have been a reason that it's been around for so many years. What are the benefits of this? Why do people do it? Why is it recommended? Why do you enjoy it? Um, I, and I do enjoy it. Why is this something that can be an important tool for us? So... The, just the amount of research recently has just shown all the various different benefits it can have. So, And that ranges from increased attention, so the ability to stay on one task for longer and to avoid distractions. And then maybe more on the medical side, it's been shown to help with uh, depression and with anxiety, to reduce relapse rates for depression. It lowers blood pressure. It boosts the immune system. So all of the, these different uh positive uh benefits that it has just been shown by various different studies wow that's they're quite serious changes there mm. I, I i assume that this is mindfulness that's being used as a as a habitual sort of routine rather than a one off yeah they're typically for maybe 8 or 10 week programs uh normally mindfulness based stress reduction is what they've gone with which will cover a few different areas but even the simple 10 minutes in the morning, just focusing on a single point, whether that be a breath or a mantra, that will still have many of these benefits uh, associated with it. And then I think another key benefit with it is linking different regions of your brain, helping them communicate with each other, and just generally helping the mind be a bit calmer. So if you look across time, when we're under threat, and historically that would have been physical threat to our survival, we activate what's called our sympathetic nervous system. So we know it as our fight, flight, freeze mechanism. And that's when you've got cortisol, you've got adrenaline rushing through your body, you're being emotionally hijacked in a way. And that was great when we had to survive and we had to run away from the saber-toothed tiger or whoever was chasing us. <laughs> we don't have that in this day and age, luckily. Uh, we're not roaming around London with those guys chasing us, but the way we respond to social threats is the same uh, system. So you're saying that them sort of tools within us have now transferred over to threats in the modern day. It's like we're not, the tigers are now them sort of socially awkward moments maybe for someone. That's it. Like what, what was a threat to survival, we still interpret the same way, but it's maybe more social. So if you're looking at adolescence, it might be the fear of social exclusion or embarrassment from their parents or someone. Or speaking from my own experience, if I'm up giving a presentation, I'll probably go red three or four times if something goes a little bit wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that, like, I'm not worried about dying up you, there. You always know, though, don't you? Oh, I, I know before anyone else does. You're like, I'm, I'm going red. I'm going red. <laughs> I'm going redder now. And then the worst thing happened at school it's a massive tangent is when people tell you oh you've gone quite red there it's like yeah. <laughs> does that help yeah yeah i know <laughs> thank you for that i already knew i was going red so to bring us back 
Yeah, sorry. That's, uh, That's all right. Just, just some painful memories. Yeah, just <laughs> tapping into some uh, some painful things Anyone there. No psychologist. <laughs> so, but you go red because it's a reaction to these these things that your body's interpreting as potentially dangerous. It's that threat. It's my, my sympathetic nervous system kicking in, trying to help me in a way without realizing that it's making me even more mortified. And so what you want to do to signal to the body that this threat isn't real, that I'm going to survive, I'll live for another day, is kick in your parasympathetic nervous system, which calms everything down. And the best way to signal that is taking deep breaths. If you think back to our saber-toothed tiger example, when you're sprinting away from him, you're not going to be able to take a deep breath. The moment you're away and you can just calm down, calm your breathing down, that you can signal to the body to kick in all the other systems, get everything back working and kind of re-establish that equilibrium. So what about schools then? How do you think this technique of mindfulness, both formal and informal, can be uh, introduced or how is it being used um, to, to have the most benefit on the children and teachers? I think for me, to start with, it would just simply be teaching them how to take uh, that deep breath. So... If they are sitting in their chairs, sit nice and upright and place a hand on their stomach. And it's all about imagining you're filling up a balloon. So too often when we take a deep breath, we kind of suck in our stomach. But instead, you're wanting to kind of push your stomach out. So they can push out their hand, take that deep breath in through the nose. <laughs> I just had a go. <laughs> It's really weird watching. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised that maybe that'll start coming through that I'm like sighing on the microphone, but I'm just <laughs> sorry, I was just I was just playing along. Alright, so you've taken that deep breath in, your hand's been pushed away, and then you just release either through the nose or through your mouth, just take that deep exhale and your stomach should move away from your hands. So there should be a little gap there. And it's just making it clear that's taking a proper deep breath for them. And if you want to make it more fun, there's one like an ajay breath, uh, which for kids they might really like, which is... A what breath, sorry? An ajay breath, okay. which uh, is just kind of a, a louder breath. So it'll be, I'll try it, we'll see how it works. It'll be... <sighs> Did that work? <laughs> <laughs> I feel calm. <laughs> it's, it's that loud exhale kind of coming from the back of the throat. Younger kids really enjoy doing it. Um, and it's just, it's a really nice way to introduce them to it. For teachers, it's an incredibly stressful job, and is there times in the day where you can maybe just take that 30 seconds breath, or just 30 seconds just to really kind of just de-stress, reduce anxiety levels, and then maybe five minutes on a commute, you're training this up. So it, it doesn't I think sometimes people think it requires a lot of time, but actually what's more important is the frequency you're training it rather than the actual quantity you're doing. Schools are really, you, you hear stories more and more these days about uh, different schools around the world utilising this sort of technique in different ways. Yeah, there's uh, some really nice work over in Baltimore and they are, in primary schools, replacing detention with... They, the kid is allowed to go to a room which is set up and they practice some mindfulness. And it may be quite extreme and there's obviously a place for both, but 
I like that idea that yeah, it comes well. back to that emotional hijacking. In the moment when the, that child is maybe they're seeing red, they know where they can go. It's a safe space, and then they can just take that few calming deep breaths and then return back to the classroom. And they maybe haven't the es- the situation hasn't escalated too much. It's worth mentioning the apps again. Um, I use Headspace, uh, which you have previously used, and Calm is the one that you use. Yeah, again, I just moved across to it just to try something different and just found it was good. I quite like collects all your different stats for it, which being quite competitive, I quite like. But <laughs> yeah, and then it's also got one which I'm now on, which is a non-guided meditation where it just plays uh, a bell every minute and just plays some calming music. So we got to the end of it. And why that is particularly triumphant is because we managed to say mindful instead of mindful. They do get mixed up at times, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. And obviously we offer mindfulness, but in emails we've had had it mixed up and it's been confused. So that's episode three um, done. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate your time and your ears. once again, I'd just like to say, if you did enjoy our podcast today, please do give us a like on, on whatever app or whatever part of the internet you're listening to us on. Uh, it really does help us to, to get further listeners. And if you liked it and enjoyed it, tell a friend, please. Invite them along uh, to the Mindfield podcast um, and hopefully we can get as widespread as possible. You can, of course, uh, as always, give us a follow on Twitter at MindfieldPerform and uh, Facebook with the same handle and we'll speak to you next time.